The reading today is from John chapter 10, beginning at verse 1, and this is on page 1076 in the Church Bibles. Very truly, I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheepfold by the gate but climbs in by some other way is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him, because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but the Pharisees did not understand what he was telling them. Therefore, Jesus said again, Very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheepfold. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice, and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. The reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life, only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I received from my father. The Jews who heard these words were again divided. Many of them said, He is demon-possessed and raving mad. Why listen to him? But others said, These are not the sayings of a man possessed by a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? This is the word of the Lord. Well, it'd be great uh, if you had that Bible passage open, John chapter 10. Please carry on those conversations uh, over uh, refreshments. As somebody said to me, uh, church doesn't start when the service starts, one of our visitors, uh, but church starts when people begin to turn up. And of course, church goes on after the service, if you like, has formally ended as we listen well to each other, as we encourage one another, maybe bear each other's burdens, maybe pray for each other thinking about what lies ahead. But you should have John 10 open, page 1076. And I decided, rather than Luke 15, I could have done a lot about uh, a shepherd and sheep from uh, Luke 15, but I decided that we'd look at at John chapter 10. Uh, Let me pray, and then we'll look at this rich passage. Uh, 
Lord Jesus Christ, you are the good shepherd. And you lay down your life for the sheep, promising life and life to the full. Help us this morning to listen carefully to you and to respond rightly to you. Please help us to listen carefully, uh, however hard we may find that. There may be many things going on in our minds at this moment. We maybe have come with burdens, concerns, worries, in the face of difficulties. Please help us to hear your clear voice. Lead us to good and rich pasture. Please help us to respond rightly as individuals and as a church. And we ask this for your glory. Amen. Uh, 24 years ago, virtually uh, to the day, uh, we moved here from Edinburgh. And uh, on our first trip over the Cat and Fiddle, uh, we encountered a sheep standing in the middle of the road. And we've encountered that many times since because there are sheep all around us, aren't there? This sheep is, was unaware of the danger that it was in. And as Colin has said, sheep wander in all the wrong places. Uh, actually, again, little did I know uh, all those years ago that I would have to uh, report to the farmer who owns uh, the cricket ground at Green Lane that one of his sheep had got into the ground on another occasion, uh, there was a dead lamb uh, on the ground. Uh, not attacked by wolves, but certainly ravaged by some animal or animals. Now in John 10, Jesus pictures all people as sheep. Sheep who need to be rescued and then cared for and protected and fed. And this passage is a passage of contrasts because Jesus says he is the good shepherd, the perfect and true shepherd, but we also hear about false shepherds. And as Colin has said, they're described in different ways as thieves, robbers, strangers, and hired hands. And so we need to get in mind, uh, in our mind, a sheepfold, as you may see up on the hills around here, with maybe stones built in stones and in the round. The safe home for the sheep. And there is only one way into the fold, and that is by the gate. And as we've already heard in the reading, Jesus says he's the gate. Don't be worried. Jesus is the gate. Jesus is the good shepherd. Jesus is the light of the world. Jesus is the bread of life. He uses lots of images, pictures to help us to understand who he is. So let's look at, I'm going to read verse 1 again. Very truly, I tell you, Pharisees, so Jesus is speaking very clearly to a particular group of religious leaders. Anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in by some other way, is a thief and robber. Verse 2, look at it with me. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. 
The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but the Pharisees did not understand what he was telling them. You see, this Jesus is speaking to religious leaders who do not understand, will not understand, more significantly, what Jesus is saying. They won't recognize who Jesus is. And you see, this passage will show what it means to be a rescued sheep. One of Jesus' people, one of his true people. And it will warn us of the very serious danger of false shepherds. Now, let me say too that in John's Gospel, he writes his Gospel in a very particular way. Uh, Each miracle of Jesus acts as a sign pointing to who Jesus is. And after each miracle, there is an explanation. And in John chapter 9, if you just glance down, you see there's a kind of little subheading, which isn't there in the original text, spiritual blindness. But Jesus has just healed a blind man who's received his sight. He is a would-be disciple. He's moving from being a lost sheep to a rescued sheep and a healed sheep. But the Jewish religious leaders refuse to recognize who Jesus is. They won't listen to Jesus. And John 10 is a commentary on the events of chapter 9, Again, sorry, with all the background of Ezekiel, what I said about the promise of a perfect and good and true shepherd king who would come. And these religious leaders here are the false shepherds of Ezekiel's time. It's like, they're just like the false shepherds of Ezekiel's time. And in contrast, these glorious verses Look at chapter 10, uh, verse 10 and 11 of chapter 10. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I am the good shepherd. And the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. One other thing I need to say, this teaching of Jesus is exclusive and particular. And what I mean by that is he really is saying that he is the only way. That life to the full can only be found in him as the good shepherd. And all other ways of life will only lead to death and destruction. And uh, as Colin has said, there's a great question. Are we following the right leader? So my first heading is this, and it will make us sit up, won't it, and um, listen. That lost sheep are destroyed by false shepherds. You see, the false shepherds want to keep people from knowing Jesus and his blessing. In verse 1, they're described as 
thieves and robbers. They are out to steal life from the sheep. Verse 10, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. And there's the contrast. Jesus has come to give life and life to the full. So lost sheep are destroyed by false shepherds. Now first and foremost, these false shepherds are these Jewish religious leaders who won't recognize who Jesus is and won't listen and won't believe despite all the evidence. There's a whole sermon here actually about the evidence for Jesus. Miraculous sign, explanation. But you see, these religious leaders, they want to keep people from Jesus and his blessing. And Jesus says, put your life in the hands of anyone else and they will destroy your life because only Jesus can give you life and life to the full. And we have to say that there are lots of false religious shepherds, not just Jewish religious leaders who won't recognize who Jesus is, lots of religious leaders who promise life to lost sheep, but actually will only steal lives and destroy them. Whether that is Buddha, or whether that is Muhammad, Other religions will enslave you and keep you in darkness. No other religion leads lost sheep to know the one true God and his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And of course then there are secular shepherds who try to lead and guide people. On all kinds of level, aren't there? There are people who are offering life or offering supposed answers to the big questions of life. It might be atheists like Richard Dawkins, or popular authors like Philip Pullman. Everywhere there are people who are promising life in some way. So many false shepherds who keep lost people from Jesus and ultimately lead them to destruction. So look again at verse 10. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and life to the full. And then on another level, on a very popular level, aren't there? There are people we can allow to influence the way we live. And Jesus is saying, put your life in their hands and it will only lead to destruction. Now, it might be the teacher in the PSHE lesson who says to their teenage class, all people at your age are experimenting with all kinds of things. Find yourself in what you want to do. Find the real you. They're a full shepherd who's out to rob the young person. Think of the peer group or team member down the pub or the students' union. You know, 
we're out on the lash. We're going to drink more and more. They're full shepherds who are trying to rob you of your dignity and self-control. Think of the social media influences. Extraordinary. Think of the TV program promising the perfect home and the good life. In the sun, usually. Full shepherds out to rob and to deceive and to kill. And there's one other group that I want to draw to your attention that Jesus mentions the sheep must look out for. Just look with me at verse 12. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks and scatters it. The man runs away because he's a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. See, hired hands are those who are meant to protect the sheep. Indeed, by implication, they're they're paid to do this. But when danger comes, they run away. They may lack the courage to do or say the right thing. Or they can't be bothered to do or say the right thing. Or it's too costly. And because they run away, the wolves come in and destroy and attack the sheep. Who are the hired hands? They are every church leader who knows the truth, who knows what should be said and done, but won't teach the truth and oppose error. Or they lack the courage to do that, or they can't be bothered, or it's too costly. Think of church leaders who know what they ought to do and say, and how God's people should live, but compromise and won't oppose error and won't speak the truth. And Christians are led astray. They're hired hands. Please watch out for the hired hands. And please pray that we never have one in this church. Be very easy in the last few years of my ministry here to say, you know, it's too costly. I won't, I won't say the negative. And people are led astray. <laughs> but here's the positive. Rescued sheep, secondly, have life to the full through Jesus the Good Shepherd. Verse 7, therefore Jesus said again, very truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. I am the gate. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me, verse 9, will be saved. The only way to start this life, life to the full, is to enter through the gate. And Jesus says he is the gate. Now, what is this life? that rescued sheep can enjoy? That's an important question, isn't it? 
on the sermon outline. I've put that true life is to know God as Father and His Son Jesus as Saviour and Lord. That true life is to know God as Father and His Son Jesus as Saviour and Lord. Now I base that on John 17 verse 3. It's really, really helpful. See, so when somebody says, what is eternal life and what is this life to the full? Jesus says, now this is eternal life that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. So true life, eternal life, is life knowing God as Father and His Son Jesus as Saviour and Lord, the Shepherd King who's come to save. And that starts now in this life and goes on forever. And the extraordinary thing is here, do you ever meditate on this? That true life is being brought into the same relationship that Jesus the Son has with his Father. Look at verse 14. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father. Do you ever reflect on that? That is a staggering blessing. The true life is to be a child of God with the same access to God as Father that Jesus has. And Jesus is the Good Shepherd and will tell us more about what this life will look like. But just think of the, the purpose and the meaning that that brings to life. How it answers all those questions about who I am, that I'm created by God and saved by the Good Shepherd for life with them. Then true life means being rescued by Jesus' death. Couldn't be clear, isn't it? Could it from this? The look at verse 9. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. He offers to save us, to rescue us. I just wonder if we've lost that perspective of what the gospel is at times. Uh, maybe we dislike the word saved. Let's talk about rescued. It reminds us, though, that we're either saved or we're not. We're either lost or we're rescued. You know, when the Titanic sank... The White Star Line published lists in the newspapers. One column said lost. One column said saved. And as we've already been reminded by Colin, Isaiah 53 verse 6, that we all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. The Lord has laid on him that is Jesus, the iniquity, the wrongdoing of us all. So every person in this world is a lost sheep, a sinner who's turned away from God. But true life starts by being rescued by Jesus' death. When Jesus died on the cross, he, he took our sin upon himself and the judgment that that sin deserved. 
He was the good shepherd who stood between us, sheep who've ignored him, and the reality of God's judgment. And he lays down his life for the sheep. So true life is a rescued sheep knowing that they're saved, knowing that they need Jesus' death. And so the question is this morning, isn't it? It's not, are you from a Christian home? Can I say this? Do you come along to Trinity once in a while? Or have you been coming to Trinity for years and years? The question is, are you saved, rescued by Jesus' death? So you're no longer a lost sheep, but a rescued sheep. And of course, true life means listening to Jesus. Recognizing who he is and what he says and what he's come to do. Accepting his death is the only way that we can be rescued as lost sinful sheep and then responding rightly to him by trusting him and following him and it's a glorious picture isn't it in contrast to the Jewish religious leaders who won't listen verse 3 says that the good shepherd calls his own sheep by name and leads them out and when he's brought out all his own he goes on ahead of them and his sheep follow him because they know his voice You see, true sheep listen to what Jesus says and respond rightly. And they follow him as the good shepherd. Many here will, some here will remember Maurice Lowe, who was a farmer here, he used to come to Trinity. And Maurice told me how a visitor to the farm asked if this was true, that sheep know the voice of the shepherd. And so he took a visitor outside and he asked him to call the name of a sheep on the farm and the sheep didn't come. And then Morris used the same name and the sheep came. And Morris had looked after that sheep right from birth right through to that moment. And you see, the sheep responded to the voice of its shepherd. And Jesus calls his sheep by name. So it's wonderful, isn't it, that that Jesus is not aloof or distant. Instead, he calls us by name and he knows us. And you can know that you're one of his true sheep, his saved sheep, his rescued sheep, by responding rightly to his death as the shepherd king. He says, except that I've died for you, so that your sin can be forgiven and follow me. And that's an ongoing experience, listening to Jesus, isn't it? Indeed, we ought to be given, if you like, a spiritual kick up the backside. When we stop listening to Jesus, when we stop opening his word, or stop listening to his word, because faith comes from hearing. We want to encourage people to hear the Bible read, and uh, study it and hear it explained and so on. Are we listening to Jesus? That's the mark of the true believer. True life is open to all. This life is open to all. Look down to verse 16. I have other sheep that are not of this sheepfold. 
course, Jesus is talking there about everyone who'd ever hear and believe the Christian message, wherever they are in the world. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. So Jesus calls people, whoever they are, whatever they've done, wherever they are, he calls the Hindu, the Muslim, the Buddhist. He calls the churchgoer. He calls the lost sheep wherever they are. He's the good shepherd, bringing together one flock under his loving rule. And then, gloriously, true life means enjoying Jesus' constant provision and protection. In verse 9, he says, I am the gate, whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. Here is the picture of the good shepherd providing spiritual (coughs) sustenance, spiritual provision for his people. Indeed, everything that we need spiritually is found in Jesus, the good and true and perfect shepherd. Uh, Just think of Psalm 23 as background. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. So just think of this rich pasture. There may be, there will be people here this morning who are desperate for rich pasture. To be led to rich pasture. Will you, so to speak, follow the Lord Jesus? There are other people here who may be becoming complacent and you need to be brought back. That that is a way of danger. Here is the rich pasture. Think of, there's the pasture of his word. I mean... There is so much more in this passage. You could graze on this passage all week. Why don't you? There is the pasture of his spirit. His constant presence with us. And working in us. The good shepherd will strengthen us and he'll help us in the troubles that we have. When we feel weak spiritually. Maybe when we wonder whether we're going to keep going in the Christian life. Maybe when we're faced with real opposition for being a Christian, which is inevitable. Again, just read and study this passage to see that. The opposition that there is to Jesus. Here is rich pasture from the Good Shepherd. He'll come and minister and give his grace to you as you listen to him and follow him. There's the pasture of his love. Knowing your love. Loved. Maybe at times you doubt his goodness and love. Again, it's times hard to, uh, to understand why he's brought us into tough places and difficult issues and so on. But I can tell you one reason the Bible gives it. So you can draw closer and listen to the voice of the Good Shepherd and know his love. And where do you, how do you know that the Good Shepherd loves you? Where do you look? 
He laid down his life for you. You look to the cross. And of course, there's the pasture of his grace, his ongoing grace. Limitless grace because of that death for forgiveness of sins when we fail and muck up as we've done this week, as we will this week coming. The rescued sheep is thankful for daily grace. Maybe you're worried about ongoing sin. Jesus, the good shepherd, brings you back to his death. There is complete forgiveness of your sin. And there's also the pasture of his constant protection. Just look on to verse uh, 28, the next section. This all runs together. Please graze on this during the week. But look at this. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who's given them to me is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and the Father are one. Look how secure you are as you trust and follow Jesus, the Good Shepherd. You know, his rescued sheep are his chosen and treasured and dearly loved possession. And they've been given to the Son by the Father. And the Father stands with the Son guarding the flock. Those are two very, very powerful hands, aren't they? You're being held in their hands as you follow the Lord Jesus Christ. And that, of course, means there's the pasture of assurance and true hope. You see what security there is for the follower of Jesus. Psalm 23 says, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. If you were to die tonight, as you trust Jesus, he's right there with you, beside you. You're united to the Good Shepherd. You've been brought into exactly the same relationship that he has with his father and you'll be in his presence. Let's pray. Lord Jesus Christ, the Good Shepherd, we thank you for the pasture of your word. Please help us to to graze on this good and rich pasture more during this coming week, to come back to this passage, to read it, to let it soak deep into our lives. We thank you so much for the wonderful, glorious truths that we find here. Please help us to heed the warnings about hired hands. Father, we pray that those church leaders who are hired hands would repent to come back to the Lord. We think of many friends 
who are being deceived and destroyed by false shepherds. Father, you know the ones on our hearts. Please, would they turn to the Lord Jesus. And we do thank you for this glorious life that rescued sheep have through your son, Jesus, the good shepherd. Please help us to value this relationship that the good shepherd has brought us into, that we can know you as our father and him as our saviour and lord. We thank you for his death. We thank you for ongoing grace. We thank you for constant provision, spiritual provision and protection. Please help us this week to listen to Jesus, our good shepherd. And we ask this in his name. Amen.